This is a podcast from Minute Media. Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Welcome everyone to the ALDS Game 4 post-game show. The Red Sox have eliminated the Tampa Bay Rays and will advance to the ALCS. They are waiting for the winner of the Astros White Sox series. Astros are up two to one on that series. They were rain delayed. So let's see. They'll have a game on Tuesday night and then on Wednesday. And then we'll know who we are playing on Friday in game one. Eduardo Rodriguez, Rafael Devers, and Kike Hernandez, the heroes. Garrett Whitlock, too, we should say, as well for this game for Jason Kelly, Charlie Smith with me tonight. How are you guys? I'm excited. How can you not be? Um, and I, it was funny, too, because, you know, I know that I said uh, raise three to two, but it was kind of following that script, right? I said, okay, split in Tampa. Come back, win on Sunday. I figured Rays would win the next two. I didn't have a ton of faith in Rodriguez on the mound tonight. Uh, and granted, we didn't know it was going to be him. There was some talk of maybe Chris Sale, but it was Eduardo Rodriguez, and I didn't have a ton of faith. And he went out and pitched his guts out. He was great. And uh, it was a bit up and down, but, hey, you know, they pulled it out. So we got at least four more games. Can't go wrong with that. So my favorite part about it was that uh, Terry asked you, uh, what do you think the series is going to be? And you said, coming into Monday morning, the Red Sox will be up two games to one. And Terry then finished, yeah, yeah but the series winner. And you said Red Sox would <laughs> lose in five, right? Yeah, and I said I the Red Sox would yeah. lose in four. Uh, Terry and I kind of shared that sentiment. And after the first game, I was like, all right, well, two of the next three, and that's it. And then we split. And then we all saw game three. Uh, unbelievable. I mean, I have never been so happy to be wrong about a series ever. And uh, Tampa Bay is still one of the best teams in baseball. They've got, in my opinion, some underrated players with immense talent. But what a way to go. Kike Hernandez, just wow. That's all I can say. Wow. Wow. Do you guys want Jackie Bradley back next season? So the Kike? Who's that? Who's that? <laughs> I was kidding. I might have some fun with that on Twitter tomorrow, though. Um, so with all the confidence in the world, I did pick the Rays to win this 3-1. to one. I would have lost a lot of money if someone enticed me into making a bet. Thankfully, nobody did. But I didn't feel good. There wasn't... There wasn't any reason to believe the Red Sox were going to win after a bad Baltimore series, a Washington National series where they were hanging on for dear life 
weren't stringing together hits. And then game one of this first playoff series against the Rays, they were hammering us exactly the way I thought they were going to do it all series long. But luckily, game two, we kind of righted the ship, albeit with a bad Chris Sale start. But the bats came alive, and and there were a lot of heroics in, in game three, namely Pavetta and uh, Christian Vasquez. And then tonight, got it done. I will say this, though. After last night's game, my confidence was pretty high. I thought somehow, some way, we can probably do it. So, uh, anyway, I just... I can't believe we're going to the ALCS. We're going. There's only going to be two games in town after these series, and we're going to be one of them. It's incredible. I mean, and and like you said, the Red Sox sort of backpedaled into the playoffs. So I think that you know, all three of us, we all, all three of us picked the Rays to win, and I think that that was somewhat justified at the time because they were slumping those last two weeks. Like the Red Sox have not looked good. I'm sorry. I don't care who you are. I don't care how happy you are that they're going to the ALCS right now. You can't deny the fact that they kind of crapped their pants the last two weeks and they backpedaled in. They got a wild card game against New York. I think a New York team that was obviously flawed, but I said at the time, both teams are flawed. So Red Sox just happened to be better on that night. And it really was a case of just get in and see what happens. Um, So I will say I I agree sort of after Sunday, I had a lot more confidence, Um, you know, being up to one, another game at Fenway, you know, they didn't want to go back to Tampa. That was the ultimate motivation is just put it away tonight so that you don't have to get back on the plane and go to that rat hole stadium again and play a game five, just wrap it up tonight. And again, a little bit up and down, but they got it done. That was huge. Uh, I'm I'm with you on that one. I don't remember what Job said. Did Job say Sox would lose in five or win in five? Uh, he had them winning in exactly five. Exactly five, and we all we all know Andrew picked the Sox in four, so he was the uh, the only one that got it right. Um, I was on my way home, and I heard, "Oh, that's a, an RBI double. Up, oh, that's another double. Uh, there we go." And it's just. Things were not looking good. And I remember yelling, please put in Whitlock. Please put in Whitlock. Not knowing if they were going to you know, throw him in there or not. But I literally thought, if you put Garrett Whitlock in there, you're going to stop the bleeding. Please put him in. He's been so good. So good. And um, no, that's not, you know, to haha the seventh inning at Fenway. Uh, it's just been so automatic. He has no fear. This is a guy that came into this season having spent no time above double A. No one really has a like a real in-depth. No one had an in-depth shot or uh, in-depth knowledge on him prior to this season. And even though he had like a little spell where he wasn't available, he was out. He's still one of the most untouchable players as far as the bullpen goes. I mean, you don't put Whitlock in there. We may be going to game five. And I'll be completely honest with you. What he did was heroic. I don't care what anybody says. That's incredibly important because if we go to game five, I really don't know. Uh, I, I don't know how I feel about it if we go to game five. He didn't really use up a ton of pitches. He got a lot of fast outs. And I, I think he would have come out for the 10th had had we gone into extras. And Chris Sale was warming up and I didn't like that. 
that made me really nervous. And so thank goodness we, we didn't have to go into extras. We had a little bit of luck in the uh, final inning there. We got the leadoff single and then I think, wasn't it Travis Shaw hit that uh, kind of dribbler over to third and then bad, bad throw. Choi couldn't hang on to it. He got on and uh, we were we're kind of off to the races from there. Um, so just a, a good inning uh, there in, in the night to, to hold them and then and then win it in the bottom of the ninth. Eduardo Rodriguez, though, I mean, we got to give him his due because there wasn't a ton of confidence amongst the fan base that he was going to go at least five innings. And I wouldn't say I was super confident, but he does typically bounce back from a bad start and, and have a pretty good one. And you could see that the, the fastball had a little bit more bite and and he was on in that first inning. And, and once I saw that first inning, I knew he wasn't going to give up more than one or two runs by uh, the end of the fifth. So uh, clutch performance. And yeah, so getting it out of the way. Autumn is in the air. The pumpkins are in the patch. And our, our friends at Manscaped are here to make sure you don't carve your pants pumpkins when you're grooming, if you know what I'm saying. Make sure you're keeping things fresh this fall with the leaders in male grooming and their brand new fourth generation performance package. Boys, get ready for a cuffing season like no other. Ready to take the leap into fall with Manscaped? Join the 2 million men worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. Then, after trimming the pumpkin patch and whacking the leaves, give your balls a boost and use Crop Reviver. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Make your balls a priority this fall. Choose Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. So, Jason, thoughts on Erod? Yeah, he was awesome. Um, and, you know, you got to wonder if the idea or the possibility of you know, if they lose tonight, this might be a Rod Rodriguez's last start in a Red Sox uniform. You got to wonder if that played into it a little bit, if he sort of was extra amped because of that. And, you know, because of knowing his situation, uh, that's going to be coming up in the off season. I know a lot of players will tell you they don't think about that at these times of year, but they all do. Let, let's, let's be real about it. They do. Um, and he, he needs to deliver big time because he needs to prove that he's a, reliable solid starter in big spots like this and he was he was awesome tonight he did exactly that so i love that out of him it gives me a little bit more confidence of him pitching in the next series um and potentially keeping chris sale away from a start because i just don't have a lot of confidence in him right now i i kind of hope that we don't see chris sale in the alcs at least in a starting role um, so if a Rod Rodriguez can do this and you've got Ivaldi doing what he's doing, maybe Nick Pavetta's your third guy, you're all set going into the ALCS. You, you should be good to go. Charlie. Uh, I'm with you. Um, I, I want to double back on what you said about Erod because, um, I think Job said, oh yeah, four plus maybe gets into the fourth inning. I was praying that he gave us three because I really did not give him any credit going into this game. I was nervous. I was, I've been nervous about this whole series. I've been wrong this whole series. I, I've been right about very few things. Nick Pavetta doing what he did? Nope. 
Christian Vasquez with a game-winning two-run homer? No. Kike Hernandez being the MVP of this entire series? Absolutely not. So it only makes sense that I would be wrong about Erod too. Like I've I've been wrong a bit this year, and it's carried <laughs> into the playoffs, you know. So I feel a little bit better, but whether we face Houston or Chicago, this starting rotation is going to have to give us minimum four or five innings. I mean, you're going to have to see Erod do exactly what he did again. You're going to have to see Pavetta do what he did as a starter. Chris Sale can't do anything remotely close to what he did in his only appearance uh, against Tampa Bay. And Nasty Nate, I just hope he carries on where he left off. I mean, if, if we even get three of those four to do what they're doing right now, we'll be fine. But if if it cracks in half and we go two and two, it's going to be seven games for sure. As scary as it sounds, if we did go to a game five, I think Chris Sale would have had to have been the starter. Pavetta wouldn't have been available. Erod, not available. Evoldi, not available. Hauk was going to get used tonight. Well, maybe you, you could start Hauk for three innings, but at that point, that's the third time they've seen him. And tonight, a little shaky being the second time. So game five would have been pretty dicey had it taken place. So thank goodness uh, the, the Red Sox got it done. And then Friday will be regular rest for Evoldi and he didn't go too many pitches I don't think on Sunday so um so we kind of know how that series will start I'll say this though the Astros haven't seen Chris Sale since 2019 so maybe one start you might be able to get away with it on a short leash perhaps but I I certainly feel a lot better facing them than the Rays who have seen him multiple times this year anyway, but hopefully they can find a relevant role for him in that series if I'm wrong and, and he doesn't start. But building off of Rodriguez tonight, you need to be able to trust him because if he's going to turn in a dud, you've got Avoldi and Pavetta. Like I said last night, it's impossible to try to predict how Cora is going to map these guys out with only two reliable starters. <laughs> and you can't. And frankly, what we're seeing with Pavetta and Hauk every second or third day, that's unsustainable for an entire month of October. It's fine if you do it in the World Series because you're almost done. Season's almost over. But to go through the whole thing, I just... Think back to the Indians in 2016 where they had Kluber. They had Bauer, who hadn't established himself yet. Looked like a busted prospect, had a five-something ERA. And then Mike Tomlin. That was their one, two, three to go all through. the. And they got to game seven of the World Series, but they ran out of gas. They ran out of gas, and they, they lost a lot of games in the World Series after being up three to one. So hopefully, hopefully we don't have to be in a situation where we do run out of gas and we will have what's tonight Monday. So you got three full days of rest going into Friday night. So Kike Hernandez, the surefire MVP of the series. Was a, I think he was 11 for 22. I think he might've hit 500, something like that. Uh, something insane like that yeah and and this is who Kiki Hernandez is and at times in the middle of the year we may have been a little bit hard on him because he was struggling in the leadoff spot 
wasn't producing a lot offensively, was kind of struggling. But I said it all along, this guy's a winning player. He's been on winning teams ever since he got to Major League Baseball. And he's had some really great playoff moments with the Dodgers. Um, that experience is invaluable. And it's not something you can measure. It's not something, you know, I'm sorry, stat nerds, but there is no stat for postseason clutch. I know you all hate that. But there really isn't a stat to just prove how great Kike Hernandez really is, except for just look at his postseason numbers and look at how he performs in the moment. He just knows how to do it. Um, and if the Red Sox are going to make any kind of run this this postseason, um, Kike Hernandez is going to be so valuable. So he's really he's paying off in spades right now. Absolutely. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. And it was an actual uh, funny statistic because we all remember Nomar Garcia, uh, Nomar Garcia Parra for being able to get on base and do his thing. And uh, there was one mention of Garcia Parra uh, about how I believe he had 14 total bases in a series for the playoffs. And Kike Hernandez had 17 and counting. He was just on it. Three doubles, a homer, and a single gets you 12 right there. I believe, right? Six, 10, 11, excuse me. And then the following day has another home run pair of singles. It's 17 total bases in two games. That's, you're not going to see that again. That's, that's incredible. Um, I, I think back to all the offseason signings, and I think, yeah, well, you know, when we got Renfro for $3 million, I'm like, what are we doing getting this guy for $3 million? Kiki Hernandez was, I think, the only one this offseason that I was like, okay. Well, I mean, this is a good start. Finally, we're getting something. Uh, and this was really the only person during the offseason that I was really excited about. And it was a slow start. He got a lot of crap this year from all of us. I mean, we all kicked his face in at least once. And uh, he just kicked all five of our faces in in a, a matter of two games. Uh, Pavetta had a great appearance. But I find it very difficult to give this MVP trophy title, whatever, to anyone outside of Kike Hernandez. And the second best player is still Kike Hernandez. That's how much he did for this team in in the last three days. Um, I'm super thankful that he's wearing, you know, a Red Sox jersey. I'm really happy I didn't have to see him wear yellow again. I didn't hate the Kike signing, but. It came so late in spring training that I wanted more than Kike because I thought the other signings were underwhelming. Had Kike been one of the earlier signings, I, I would have liked it a lot at the time. But when we're trying to get sold on Renfro being as viable as he ended up being, and and I was never a believer in Dahlbeck, uh, you know, really. I mean, I, I kind of he kind of grew on me towards late August and September, but. I just thought we had so many holes and I didn't think Hernandez would be in any way a game changer. And he certainly was. I don't, I don't know the timeline, but he got injured and then he came back after a, a rehab stint and he was never the same. He It was just an upward trajectory from that moment on. And he started cranking in that leadoff spot. His plate discipline improved. He was ahead of the count a lot of the times and not 0-2. Uh, as he was quite a bit before the injury, and he's been a beast in the in the postseason. And he won a World Series last year. He's at this present time a defending World Series champion in a way. So he's been here before, and for the rest of his career, he's probably going to be one of those guys in October. 
and we don't have a lot of depth so I, I don't know that there's no reason to not foresee him as a as a guy on the Red Sox for you know probably two or three years beyond his current contract I mentioned Dahlbeck safe to say he's not gonna have a job at all <laughs> he just Corey just doesn't want to go to him it's just it's Schwarber. He did come into the game late. He just, I don't think he had an at-bat. But, in fact, actually, he came in as a defensive replacement for one inning. And then Travis Shaw, who hasn't had an at-bat in, I think, six weeks. I'm exaggerating. But it's been a while. And he got to bat over Dahlbeck. So, I don't Yeah, I, th I think that, that says a lot about how Cora feels towards Bobby Dahlbeck. And I don't think it's an indictment on Dahlbeck, the player in general. I think it's an indictment on... Alex Cora doesn't trust young guys in big spots like this. And he'd rather have a veteran like Travis Shaw, who, like you said, you know, has barely picked up a bat the last couple of months and, you know, really isn't the same guy anymore. Let's be honest. But Cora trusts him more in a big spot like that in a playoff game than he would Bobby Dahlbeck. So I agree. I, I don't think you're going to see a ton of Dahlbeck throughout the rest of the playoffs. Defensive substitution, maybe if the Red Sox are up and Cora's feeling good about it, but I don't know. Tonight, you know, Cora might be regretting that. I might be saying, you know what? Maybe I don't want Schwarber's bat out of the lineup. Maybe I'm okay taking that risk at first base because if these games get tight later on, I don't I don't really want to have to pinch hit Travis Shaw for Bobby Dahlbeck. You know, that's it's sort of like you wasted Bobby Dahlbeck a little bit. You wasted a bench spot doing that. So I agree. I don't think you'll see much of Dahlbeck. If anything, Cora might be a little more willing to ride with Schwarber at first base for a little bit longer because taking that bat out of the lineup, you don't want to do that right now. You can't. I'm so happy that Bobby Dalbeck was almost like a non-factor because I feel like of the things I got right outside of like get Richards for most of it was Bobby Dalbeck. When it matters most, he's non-existent. And that's really the only thing I've been right about because this entire team has powered through every little sense of like, mm, not nah, Charlie, sorry, bro. Sit down. It's been like that all season, but Bobby Dahlbeck, he's, you want to talk about non-factor? I mean, it was like, you did, you did less than Travis Shaw. Travis Shaw was only visible for about five seconds. You did less than him, made more appearances than he did. You still couldn't get it done. Travis Shaw had one at bat. He's the only person that did more damage as far as like, I think sluggage than, than Kike. And that's only because he had one at bat, one for one. Uh, otherwise, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how anyone can make a case for Bobby Dahlbeck starting in any of these games, unless there's like barring an injury. I, I don't see it happening. I just don't. And in a way you can kind of sit on whatever trade value he might have. And now I could be wrong. Maybe he doesn't get shipped. Maybe Bloom sees him as a long-term guy. That's a very closed up front office, so it's hard to know what their mindset really is. But he finished off the year as good as you could have wanted if your intentions were to possibly trade him. Because I think Bloom's phone is going to be ringing, perhaps not off the hook, but I think some teams are going to be like, what do you want for Dahlbeck? And maybe that's how you get your number three or four starter or that high-end, late-inning guy that you might want in your bullpen. 
So it'll be interesting, but like you guys were saying, I Schwarber has to stay in there. Martinez has to stay in there. There's just no place out there for, for Dahlbeck, barring an injury, of course, which would be horrifying because anyone lost that's going to result in him coming in would be uh, would be a big one. And also, speaking of injuries, Rafi Devers has had hits in all four games. Can't keep his hand on the bat towards the end of his swing. Hits a three-run bomb today. And got the party started. And I thought we were going to run away with it. I didn't think we were going to be stopping at five runs. I thought we were going to put up seven, eight, nine runs by the sixth inning. And the momentum stopped. But dude has the clutch gene. I've been saying it all year. I've been comparing him to Big Poppy. I think their legacies are going to be somewhat similar in, in 10 or 12 years. Maybe he doesn't get all the way up there, but it's going to be a close comp. And and Poppy talked to him at the start of the series and said, hey, you know, stop swinging out of your shoes. I'm paraphrasing. But told him to calm down and just, you know, put together some hits. And Devers had a pretty good series. Yeah, um, J.D. Martinez meet Rafael Devers. Soft as baby poo meets tough guy who wants to win because uh, J.D. Martinez could have DH'd on Thursday. I'm sorry. I still maintain that he could have. Uh, the fact that he bagged out because he's got a boo-boo on his ankle. I know he can't run. That's not ideal. I get it. But, you know, dude, you're, you're a power hitter. Just go in there and hit. DH. You don't have to play the field. None of that. Rafi Devers is playing the field with whatever this arm injury is. So it obviously hurts for him to swing and miss. It's got to hurt for him to throw. I can I can only imagine. I wince when he throws because I figure. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I figure he's going to like he's going to go to throw and like it's going to bite at him and the throw's just going to he's just going to airmail it like but he's in there and he's doing it and he jacked a big home run tonight. And, you know, it's just. I, I've been saying, you know, you compare him to David Ortiz. I compare him to Adrian Beltre. Like, I think I think he's left-handed Adrian Beltre. Maybe he won't be as good defensively as Beltre was towards the end of his career, but similar kind of just big power swing, similar kind of build. And, you know, whether he's Ortiz or Adrian Beltre, either one, that's a, you know, they're both great players. They're both future Hall of Famers. So you can't go wrong with that. Um, he's He was awesome. He was awesome in this series. It's great to see a guy like him power through an injury like that. Cause I know that he's had some questions thrown at him from, from Boston media as to, well, does Devers really care enough? You know, he's a little bit too loosey goosey at times. Does he really want to win? I think Rafael Devers is showing you right now. He wants to win. He wants to win and he wants to be part of that win. So screw the arm pain. I don't care if it hurts when I swing and miss, I'll just make contact and Jack home runs instead. And then my arm won't hurt. So Love it. Love what I'm seeing from Devers. Devers has been one of my stars all season long. Even when he had a bad day, a bad weekend, a bad week, I could not put him in my dud section. I can't do it. And this is, again, why you need players that know that they're not at 100% to step up and say, yes, I got this. Even if he doesn't have uh, a crazy hit in every single game, a home run every other is still good enough for me. This is still someone who, you know, defensively, Terry, you already hit it. Uh, you wince a little bit 
I get nervous even when he's like kind of running to it because you don't know if he's going to airmail it, if it's going to be like Devers from the beginning of the year or just no problem. Uh, there was one play early th- earlier tonight where the ball sailed over his head and it's it's weird because the glove went above his head and he kept looking not at the ball. It almost looked like he kept looking straight and the ball sailed right by his glove and sailed right over his head. And I remember thinking, what? what's happening right now wait you know what it's okay he'll figure it out and i just i gave him a pass and there are certain players that get passes um and it's because i know that it, it might have been like a momentary blip or he he's probably thinking okay i gotta think about the, what i'm gonna do next if devers just remembers or or just flips that switch just a little bit all right let me focus on task a before task b happens I think you're going to get a more complete fielder. I think you're going to see someone who uh, has a lot less errors at third base as well. But um, <laughs> anybody who thinks that J.D. Martinez is the hitter to fear on this team, J.D. Martinez has just slipped into like the third slot because right now it's Kike and Devers and friends. Even Hunter Renfro, who I expected to see a little bit more, it just wasn't there. And I thought I was going to see a, a light-up show for him against Tampa Bay. It just didn't happen. Kike Hernandez, I thought it was, he was hitting 500 for the series, but it ended up being 450 with a 13.29 OPS. Devers, it was 500, Terry, before the game started, though. Oh, was it? Okay. He was 8 for 16. Yeah, he did incredible work. Yeah, absolutely. And Devers uh, was 333 for the series with a 10.67 OPS. And I do know that coming into the series, he was a 311 hitter. With a, I think a 373 OBP and a and a 511 slugging, so he's he's hitting right along those lines. Like he's maintaining his past postseason success. Devers is, and uh, you know what? We bagged on Martinez a little bit. 467 for the series with a 1200, but he did play one game less than everyone, so we'll we'll say that. But um, but yeah. The, the core of your lineup hit pretty well. Bogarts did kind of cool off the last few games. He did have one hit tonight, actually, but uh, cooled off. So hopefully he finds it again on Friday. So let's wrap with this. Who do we want to play on Friday? Who do we want to be the winner on the other side of the bracket to play us in the ALCS? Houston or the, uh, the Houston Astros or the Chicago White Sox? So, <clears throat> I want the White Sox. Um, now, the Red Sox against both these teams uh, were under 500 during the regular season. You were three and four against Chicago. You were two and five against Houston. That doesn't really matter though, because you were eight and 11 against Tampa, and you just beat them three games to one. So, I think that all kind of goes out the window once you reach the playoffs. Regular season records don't really matter. I want the White Sox because. Houston still, I feel like they've got that that it factor, that thing, that anger towards really the whole baseball world of being called cheaters all year and, you know, people mocking them with trash cans and all that. The other thing, too, is, and again, this is an intangible, so I know stat nerds hate this. Sorry, stat nerds, you're not going to like this segment because this is all about emotions and intangibles. Um, but I, I, think, I think the Astros play for their manager. They play for Dusty Baker. I don't know that the White Sox play for Tony Larusa. Like, I think there's still that sort of we're winning in spite of Larusa thing going on there. And I know that none of them will say it out loud. And I know that, you you know, we may not hear anything about that. 
But I can't imagine that Tim Anderson strides into the batter's box and goes, you know what? Yeah, Tony's over there looking at me. I, I want to hit one for him. I want to I want to really do this for for Larusa. Like, no, I think they're doing it for each other. And that gets you to a certain point, but it doesn't carry you all the way to the end. So, and I just think the White Sox are a little bit more of a flawed team. Um, I think once you get to their starting pitching, they're they're vulnerable. Um, whereas the Astros, they're they're much more of a complete team, in my opinion. So they scare me a little bit more than the White Sox do. I think these are both really good teams that they're probably going to be tougher challenges in Tampa, even will be. Um, but I, I want the White Sox. I am terrified of Chicago. I want no part of the White Sox at all. I think their starting rotation is disgusting. I'm terrified of Lucas Giolito. I'm terrified of Lance Lynn and Carl Strudon. Lance Lynn is like a is like a Paul Bunyan meets Joe Kelly uh, mix. And what I say about that is Lance Lynn got ejected from a game for throwing his belt and like belt hat and glove at an umpire in the dugout and whatnot. There is nobody in Houston that has that kind of fire and thinks they're going to be they're going to be able to get away with it. I agree with you on the manager bit. I don't think anybody likes Tony Larusa. I think everyone's over it. I think everyone was over Tony Larusa before the season started, all because he was an idiot before the season started. Dusty Baker's a likable guy. Kind of hard to hate him. When you look at the bats, and then of course the speculation that a couple of the players from Chicago said that Houston, you know, might have been stealing signs, a little bit unorthodox about the fact that. You know, they struck out 16 times in the one game in relation to, eight. you know, 16 times in the first two games. You can't not wonder if something fishy is happening in Chicago. I also, you know, forget about Yohan Moncada. I like Tim Anderson. I, I didn't really like him before, but I like him. I think Jose Abreu is a nightmare. Luis Robert is a nightmare. I think the team is going to go places. Um and if they don't go that far this year, next year they're going to be a threat. Chicago was one of my teams before the year even started. I thought it was going to be the Chicago White Sox against the Los Angeles Dodgers. I think all of us had the Dodgers uh, on the on the um, the National League side, but Houston's bats, I I'm not really that terrified of them anymore. I think they're old. I think they're like Tony Larusa. They're old. They're outdated. I think you figure them out. Chicago, not so much. And some of these guys that are now starting to become healthy again, they're terrifying. I, I, all if you got three or four Chicago starters that can give you five, six innings, 100-plus pitches, not be tired. Chicago's 100% the team that I do not want to face. Like Jason said, they're both dangerous. We did have losing records to both of them. The team that scares me the mo most is the Houston Astros because – analytically they know how to hit pitching and they're especially going to know how to do it in games four five six and seven when they've seen these guys we saw ryan brazier tonight tampa had just seen him too much by that point and he got slapped around houston's going to be doing that and they're probably going to be doing it to our starting pitching so unless we're going to have a high offensive series with a lot of runs scored each game I'm afraid of Houston. I don't think the White Sox are that, you know, analytically advanced. I, I don't think they have 
the same nerds that that Houston has. So I would much rather face the White Sox, and it would excite me to be able to head off of Craig Kimbrell in as many eighth innings as they throw him out there. By the time Hendricks comes in in the ninth, we're not winning at that point. But but I think we could probably get to the Chicago bullpen. And we did thump Giolito pretty good earlier in the season. It was pretty early in the season. So I'm not sure we can really take a lot of from that in October. But I just, it's it's tough either way. It's 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 tough either way, but give me the White Sox if uh, possible. They're down two to one, so it's it's a long shot that we're gonna get our wish. But any final thoughts before we wrap? Go Giants! Go Giants! I, I don't. I'm so sick of the Dodgers. God damn it! I'm so sick of them. Just please, Giants, take care of business. Get get these. I'm so sick of seeing the fake LA fans, the the celebrities that wear that bring you know the brand new LA Dodgers hat that they bought on their way into the stadium that day because they don't watch baseball all year. <laughs> we already got rid of one fake fan base in the Rays. Let's get rid of the other fake fan base in LA. Get them out. All right, Jason, tell me how you really feel. Uh, I. I'm super pumped if the Giants can make it because we 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 every single person slept on them. I used to live in Los Angeles. Naturally, I want to see LA teams advance. The only thing that I don't want to see advance is Mookie Betts for obvious reasons. I don't think any of us want to see or him David Price. Uh, continue. Or David Price. But who who do you dislike more right now? Oh. David Price or the shadow of him or Mookie Betts? I will always dislike David Price yeah. more than Mookie Betts. <laughs> That's an yeah. easy one for me. That's an easy one. Yeah. You know what? Let's let's go with that take. Let's go with that take because, you know, I've been wrong about 36 or 37 times this year. We can make it 38, 39. It's all good. I'm the only one that doesn't want to face Chicago. I don't remember who you guys had for your American League finalist. I think you had Cleveland Terry. Jason, do you remember who you had? Oh, I had the Yankees. So, <laughs> Okay, got it. All right. So, you know, two, two, two are knocked down here. Uh, it, it's it's going to be, you know, a dogfight. But you know what? Go Giants. Go White Sox. And go Brewers because Corbin Burns, I hope, pitches game four. He spun a gem the first time around. Yeah, Atlanta's up two to one. And yes, sir. of all people, the hero today of game three, Jock Peterson. Had a Ronald Acuna moment, and uh, everybody laughed at that trade. But but Atlanta might do it. I, I'm I'm rooting for the Brewers. I don't I don't hate Atlanta. I mean they're a very likable team. I feel like, but but I just don't think they're going to offer up much for whoever, whether it's the Dodgers or the Giants. And I think the Brewers can make it interesting. So so I'm definitely and I, I love the Brewers anyway. So I'm going to root for them regardless. But it's a better matchup. So, okay, we will wrap on that. We'll be back Thursday night to do an in-depth preview of the ALCS. So we will see you then. Everyone have a good rest of your week. Take care.